Greetings in Jesus' name. What a privilege for me, Kevin Williams, to share the word of God with you today. Now let us be let us be truthful. Let us be real. This is difficult times. We are in challenging times. We are in desperate times. And the Bible calls it evil times. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16, the Apostle Paul called this the following. Redeem the time because the days are evil. Church, we are called to redeem the time because the days are evil. Believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are called upon to redeem the time because times are evil. Leaders serving the body of Christ, wherever you are, national and international, you are called to redeem the time because the days are evil. This is my sentiment. Desperate times does not call for desperate measures, but for the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. God saw our desperateness before. That's why the Bible says in Galatians 4.4, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And on the cross, God the Father gave His own beloved Son to redeem our evil times. God came with the solution for evil times like this. Jesus is the cure. This is lockdown time. This is lockdown in South Africa and right around the world. The corona pandemic is a curse. The corona pandemic has caused a crisis. Millions of people have died. Millions upon millions are infected. Millions and upon millions are affected because of what happened to their family members. Fathers and mothers and children died because of this uh, pandemic. So you can say with me, you can agree with me, this is evil times. The result of this pandemic has, called our, has caused our financial predicaments. Our governments, our financial institutions, our banks, has been crippled. People are on the verge of losing their heart and property, their houses, their cars, their furniture, their possessions. Now, a secondary thing is about to hit us. Unemployment. Now, when there's unemployment, there's going to be poverty. Not just poverty, but famine. There's going to be a shortage of food. We thank God for those people that God has mobilized uh, to, to distribute food, food parcels, food hampers. For the millions of South Africans received food parcels. And so this 
corona pandemic is a curse. It has brought crises in the midst of a desperate unemployment world we are having. And I think more people is going to be on the street after this. Because businesses are laying off people. People are losing their jobs. They don't have the money to pay their accounts. They don't have the money to pay their cows, their cars. They don't have the money to pay their mortgage bonds. So we are in desperate times. And this is my sentiment. Desperate times don't call for desperate measures. When people are desperate, they, they, they usually run to desperate means to find money, to borrow money. And what happens? You are in bigger debt. So what, this, is, this is my sentiment. This is my, this is my motivation. This is my reflection. Desperate times don't call for desperate measures. It calls for the Lord Jesus Christ. Genesis chapter 6 gives us a reflection of what life was, was, what life was during the time of Noah. And, and this morning I want to share with you the concern of God, the desperate times that even the Bible tells us it is evil times and the Bible calls us to redeem the time. It calls us to have a deep reflection. It calls us to stop and to ponder the condition of our community, the condition of our world, but most important, the condition of my spiritual condition. What are we when people don't see us? What is happening in our minds? What is controlling your thoughts? Here comes the word of God in Genesis chapter 6. And as a, as a theme I want to call on the idea, lockdown, the call to righteousness before God. Lockdown gives us the space, the time to internalize, to call upon the Lord, to have mercy upon ourselves, upon our family, upon our world. It is a desperate times. It calls for God to, to mend the broken hearts. It calls on the Lord Jesus Christ to permeate our world with the peace amidst a storm. Coronavirus is under the feet of Jesus. Jesus Christ is before the coronavirus. Jesus Christ is while the coronavirus is running amok in my world. Christ is available for you and for me. So this is my urgent call for the unbeliever. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The only way to escape God's judgment is to be in the ark of God. It is to be in relationship with Jesus. It is to know God and to know that God has given us a way of escape. 
God rescued Moses and his Hebrew generations. God rescued Abram and his people. God rescued Joshua by destroying the wall of Jericho. So Jesus is available today to redeem you and to redeem me. But I think it's important that we need to go to the Word, go to Scripture, and see what God sees. To hear what God hears. And for me to respond. The Bible says today, if you hear the voice of God, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. Stop your rebellion. Sit and internalize and ask the Lord to be merciful towards you and merciful towards me. I want to call on the idea, lock down the call to righteousness. God has allowed us to be locked in, stay at home, not just to have a party, not just to have a bride, not just to, to look at what I have, what I possess, but to internalize, to look at what is the condition of my life. What is the condition of my world? And I want to share with you three points. The first one I want to, I call divine observation. Genesis chapter 6 gives us a word-by-word a word conversation the Lord God had with Noah. And God is now detailing, God is now sharing with him God's observation, what God saw. God sees everything. Not that only God sees everything, but God knows things before it happens. Why it happens and after it happens, God knows about everything. Now the word observation basically speaks about to, to the process to closely observe. Observation employs the senses. And the Bible says God sees. It means, I don't think God has human eyes, but God used a, this personification of people we see. Now God says, I see. It means to give attention to. Uh, to pay careful attention. That is the, the meaning of the word observation. To pay careful attention to. Now if God has a... If God sees, then we need to listen. The question that comes to mind is, how long did God observe the human race? Humanity, humankind, on the face of the earth. How long did God observe you and me? Now, God not only observed the things that is outside, but God also observed what is unseen to man. It is available to God. God sees in secret. God sees when you hide yourself, God sees. The question comes to mind, how long did God observe the human race before God executed judgment? My answer to this question comes from my deduction of Scripture. The oldest man in Scripture is the grandfather 
of Prophet Noah, the grandfather of Noah. Now, the grandfather of Noah was Methuselah. And the Bible says he lived for 969 years, and then he died. The principle that comes out uh, from how long he lived is God is slow to anger. The prophet Noah was 500 years old when the great flood happened. When God destroyed man, but also beast. What comes out of this thing is God's anger lasts for a moment, but his mercy endures forever. Now let us investigate this thing the Bible calls that God sees. Because if God sees me, then I need to look God in the face and say, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, forgive my iniquities, and wash me from my sins. I need to be in right standing with God, so I need to confess me before God. And God will make me righteous. Second Chronicles 69 For the eyes of the Lord reigns throughout the earth. Just before I continue, I ask the question, how long did God observe? Let me say from deduction, God has been observing from Adam to Noah 1,000 years. This is my personal observation. Taking the age of Methuselah, 969 years, so I think my estimation is that God is looking, God has been observing the earth, the doings of man from dusk till dawn, week in, week out, year in, year out, for a thousand years. So we, we, we can't say that God is very, very uh, emotional in judging. No, God has been observing for a thousand years. That's why the Bible says God is slow to anger. Let us continue. Second Chronicles 16 verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord reigns throughout the earth. Proverbs 15 verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. Listen, God is every place beholding the evil and the good. God is not just looking for the evil. God is not just looking for the bad. The Bible says he's looking for the good and the bad. There's beautiful stories out there. Even amidst the crisis, there's good news stories. And God sees that. Job 34 verse 21. For his eyes are upon the ways of man. And he sees all his going. God sees inside and God sees outside. Genesis chapter 6 reveals the in-depth conversation. Now, what we see in Genesis chapter 6 to Genesis chapter 9, it is God's dealing with man, but before God judges, God has a conversation. God consoles his, his prophet, the prophet Noah. 
The question is, what did God see? What did God see? Now, now this is a detail. It is a private conversation that was penned by Moses. What God revealed to Moses, what he spoke to Noah about. Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. God saw wickedness was great. The wickedness was great. Every imagination of the thoughts of our hearts was evil continually. Now the Bible gives us two words. He says there's wickedness in the world. And in 2020, wickedness are being displayed. Wickedness are being revealed. And the imagination of the heart of man are being exposed. We are continually evil. If God don't walk on, if God don't walk in, we are in desperate times. Genesis chapter 6 verse 11. The earth was also corrupt before God. And the earth is full of violence. We see violence everywhere. We see violence in South Africa. We see violence in the, the broader Africa of continent. The continent Africa. But we see also violence upon the face of the earth. Genesis 6 verse 12. And God looked upon the earth. And behold... Now listen to what God says. Not only is there wickedness in our world, and it is great wickedness, and our imagination are dark and evil. God now says, the earth are also corrupt before God. Earth is full of violence. Violence and corruption, they run together. This is the outpouring of the human heart. We are in desperate times, and desperate times need for the mercies of God. Genesis chapter 6, verse 12b. God says to Noah, For the earth is full with violence through them. We are the cause for wickedness, for evil, and for corruption upon the face of the earth. I was corrupt myself. I was evil myself until Jesus came into my life and purified me, redeemed me from myself. Observation number one. In reflection of our wickedness, our evilness, the corruption in our world, the corruption in our country, the corruption in the church, the corruption in our communities. This is the observation. God always warns before he executes judgment on the earth. Genesis chapter 2, 17, And God said to Adam, Remember the story of Adam and the fall of Adam? Now God warns him, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat. For in the days that thou shalt eat, thou shalt surely die. God is pronouncing judgment. If you disobey me, long enough, there will be discipline. Observation number two, Genesis chapter three. God's judgment reveals that the guilty will not escape God's judgment. The guilty 
will not escape judgment. That's why Moses asked the nation, why do you want to die if you can love? Jesus became the scapegoat. Jesus Christ took our guilt upon the cross 2,000 years ago that we may be redeemed by God. That when the judgment that is pending, the judgment that is coming, we will escape. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. Genesis chapter 3 confirms that the guilty will not escape God's judgment. Genesis 3.14, the Lord judged the serpent, the devil, Satan and demons and demonic institutions are under the feet of Christ. They have been defeated then, they will be defeated now, and they will ultimately defeat it when the Lord Jesus Christ comes. Genesis 3 verse 16, the Lord judged the woman. Genesis chapter 3 verse 17, the Lord finally judged Adam. When God warns, let us listen. Let us turn back to God. Let us repent. For we have a God that is merciful and his mercy endures a lifetime. Therefore, we can conclude. Listen to this. God consults Noah before the destruction by water. God consults Abraham before Sodom and Gomorrah will be destroyed by fire. God calls the prophet Jonah to, to testify against the city of Nineveh. And because they persisted with their sins, God ultimately destroyed them. God always so mercy before destruction. Therefore we can say mercy precedes condemnation. Warning before God's wrath. Long suffering before divine discipline. It is not the idea of God to destroy us. But it's the purpose and intention of God to redeem us. To forgive us. To protect us. To be the cure in our crisis. Now if God's observation is to see what we do, then God reveals his intention to know it. We can call it divine intention. Now the divine intention was complete obliteration. What God says he will do. The word obliteration is defined as total destruction. It is defined to destroy completely so that nothing is left to remove ultimately from recognition and memory. God is going to wipe out sin to remove from existence to destroy utterly all traces of memory. It means to struck out. It means to erase. Divine intention are now coming to the mind of Noah. God insists on this man. I want you to listen what I'm going to do. 
Genesis chapter 6 verse 7 reveals that God's judgment is independent. God don't, God don't consult gods. God don't consult demons. God don't consult governments. When God is about to judge, He consults His own. Genesis chapter 6 reveals the conversation at the urgent matter with Noah. This is the, the emphasis comes the, the word I. God says, I will destroy men and beasts from the earth. God further says, remember, I have created them. I have made them. Genesis chapter 6 verse 13. Here comes the word I again. I will destroy the earth. Genesis chapter 6 verse 17. And behold, I, even I, a double-digit I, do bring a flood on the face of the earth. Genesis chapter 7 verse 14. Genesis chapter 7 verse 4. God said, I again, I will cause it to rain 40 days and 40 nights. 40 means complete. God will allow no one to escape. And God says, I will, I will, when God says, I will, respond, my brother, respond, my sister. We are in desperate times, and Jesus is the ark of God today. And he continues to say, in every living substance that I made, will I destroy from off the face of the earth. Genesis 7, verse 13. God said to Noah, now God is very, very concise. God is very specific. God is now revealing His true intentions. God said to Noah, The end of all phrase is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I, yet again the word I, will destroy the earth. What's the observation? No one can stop God when he decides to judge. There's a judgment pending upon the face of the earth. So I don't know if the coronavirus uh, is God's judgment. I don't know. But I know this thing. That there is a judgment coming and the only escape is Jesus Christ. Divine observation. God sees. God sees everything. God knows the condition of your heart. God knows your plight. And the only way to get out of your desperateness is to call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is available. Jesus was available before the crisis. Jesus is available during this crisis. And Jesus will be available after the crisis. Call upon the name of the Lord and we shall be saved. He redeemed me from blood cancer. Then he can redeem you from your critical crisis, your concern. Desperate times do not call for desperate measures. It calls for the Lord Jesus Christ. When there's divine observation, God sees everything. Then there's divine obliteration. It means God made an independent decision. He's going to destroy man because he has given man a thousand years then. From Adam to Noah, thousand years. Now how many thousand years since, since Noah? 
until today, 2020. About 4,000 years. So God has been given us, God has given us mercy and grace. God has demonstrated His mercy and His long-sufferingness with you and with me. And the time has come that you repent or face the consequences. Jesus is available. Jesus, although He's above, He sees below and is available to redeem. God is the cure for the crisis. Now we have divine opportunity. God is giving us mercy and I call it divine opportunity. Beloved, we cannot control the corona pandemic. We cannot control the crisis that it brought into your world, into my world. These mothers and fathers are crying profusely today because a father or a mother or a son or a daughter has passed on. There's main concern today in many houses, in many families, fathers and mothers lost their job. Or the father lost his job and the mother is still working. But the fear is how will we pay our mortgage bond? How will we pay or repay our vehicle installments? How will we pay our amenities, our electricity, our water? How will we buy our fuel for our cars? We are in desperate times. We are in dire times. We are in troubling times. Something that is about to take place is this. If there's unemployment, if there's no money, then there will be famine. There's, a, there's already scarcity of food. And we thank God for the people who, who distribute food parcels. But if God did the impossible for Moses, then God will do the impossible for us. He will feed us even if there is no bakery in the desert. God will provide the bread. Even if there's no butchery in the desert, God will provide the meat in the desert. Even if there's no ocean and there's no taps in the desert, God will allow water to come through a rock. Jesus is walking on water. He is not knocking on doors. He's walking through walls. God is above, but He sees below. Call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Divine opportunity gives us the privilege of choice. Make up your mind. Are you going to choose for God or are you going to abandon God for your own choices? In Genesis 5.22, Enoch made his choice. The Bible says that this man who never died walked with God. Confirming Genesis chapter 5.24 and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him away I think the why the, the reason why God removed Enoch because judgment was coming to the world and God has the ability to redeem those who walk with God and in walking with God you've got to abandon the world the world has no guarantee let us abandon the world 
Let us leave the world and God will protect us. God will feed you. God will provide the bread. God will provide the petrol. God will provide the electricity. God can do the impossible. Under him, able to do exceedingly abundantly, far beyond what you can imagine or think, God can do it for you, my brother. The prophet Noah made a decision for God. He followed the example of his great-grandfather, Enoch. But Noah, according to Genesis chapter 6, verse 8, we find the following, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Genesis 6, verse 9, Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. In the midst of wickedness, Noah decided to be righteous. He wanted to be right with God. And he walked with God. He walked before God. And we need the righteousness of God today if we wish to escape the pending judgment to the world. Genesis 6.22 And Noah did everything according to God's command. Genesis chapter 7 of 5. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded of him. Beloved, it is desperate times, and I say, desperate times does not call for desperate measures. Human ingenuity, human ability cannot stop a crisis. Your, your, your position in government, your position in politics, your position in business, your position in sports cannot stop or avert a crisis. Your title cannot stop a crisis. Jesus Christ is the ark of God today. Get into the ark. How? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Believers, if we confess our sins, God is faithful in us to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you may ask, when do I need righteousness? Righteousness is a demand for now. We need to be righteous now. It is my choice. I want to be righteous before God. David, prayer, prayer of righteousness, he says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to your multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Forgive mine iniquities and wash me from my sins. I can only be righteous if I confess my sins to God, and God will make me right with him. Genesis chapter 7 verse 1, the Lord calls Noah and his family into the ark because they were found to be righteous. Noah's family were found to be righteous because they walked with God. The Father is the example of righteousness. Now, righteousness is having God's approval in any matter of life. Now this is the important thing. God's approval will bring you in conflict with man. 
if you want to have men's approval, if you want to have your approval from the position of your power or your prestige, you are the enemy of God. Because the things that God makes, the world cannot unmake. If God calls us to righteousness, then God will sustain His righteousness in us. Now, men's approval will bring you in conflict with God and when with other men who wants to be righteous also. Now, righteousness basically means having a right standing with God. Righteousness refers to my position in Christ. Righteousness refers to a condition of my heart. God not only sees how beautiful you are clothed, but the Bible reveals how God sees the condition of your heart. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want you to consider God. God says, Wickedness and corruption. Now, 6,000 years ago, God spoke these words. And now, today, in 2020, God said the same thing. There is wickedness upon the face of the earth. There's corruption in our world. And this crisis calls for Christ, the ark of God. Beloved, we can escape the coming judgment. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. This is the, the call for the unbeliever. Call upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And so this morning I call upon you to make the decision. The peace of the Lord be upon you. The Lord be with you. Until we meet again. This is Kevin Williams signing off. Righteousness now. Righteousness is necessary. Righteousness is right. The peace of the Lord be upon you.